Welcome to the Small Business Podcast. We bring you weekly information, practical skills, and mentorship from industry professionals. This podcast is powered by T, an initiative that has directly impacted over 50,000 plus small businesses nationwide. This podcast is for small business owners who want to start, run, and grow their business. Follow us on all our social media platforms. Hashtag join us for tea. Every Wednesday is a new podcast. Good afternoon, good day. Thank you so much to everyone of you amazing entrepreneurs that have decided to consistently and religiously listen to this podcast. I think um, the data that the team pulled up is that we've got a consistent, I think, a consistent 2,196 guys that um, listen to this podcast. And that's an amazing one because I think we distributed to over 55,000 township um, entrepreneurs and SMMEs nationally that we work with through our organization, T. And today we are on episode 25, man. The anniversary episode, and what better fit than to have this amazing, amazing entrepreneur, bulldozer, <laughs> um, amazing, all round amazing entrepreneur, or came all the way from Durban. Listen. I feel like she just flew in for this podcast, but ah, you that's know. just a special me you know. feeling, feeling very, very special. But thank you guys yet again, I think, um, for participating in the podcast. Um, her details are up on screen. If you're watching this on YouTube, if you're listening to the podcast, it's on the blurb. Follow her work, research what she does. You know, it's very marvelous because I think how I sort of um, eventually found her and got her here is I sent her a DM <laughs> and she's here today. And I really appreciate um, having her here on the platform. But just to kick off um, and by way of introduction, today we've got in studio Mbalentle Bengu. Um, informally known as Mbali, uh, who was born in Durban, South Africa, where she first tasted entrepreneurship and discovered uh, was discovered in the bustling township of Kwabi B Mlazi. And from a young age, Mbali thrived in performing arts and in her early childhoods, as soon as realizing that um, her passion is storytelling, crafting innovative business ideas, and formulating in a, sorry, and ultimately empowering others and mm. i think that's what stood out for me right mm. i think when i followed your 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 work yeah you see this is what this is what happens when you have a big gun in studio you get ahead of yourself <laughs> please introduce yourself just say <laughs> hi to our listeners Thank you. Thank you so much, Bulalani, for having me on your anniversary episode. Yes. I just feel, you know, just special. But um, thank you so much. As you have said, I am an author, entrepreneur, and uh, yeah, self-published author. I just recently, you know, launched a book. Not recently, rather, but it's been quite some time, but it's been taking, you know, essay by storm. It's called Selfish, Mastering Self in a Selfish Business World. And it documents the business lessons that entrepreneurs never speak about. So I, I, I talk a lot about that. But most importantly is I consider myself as a serial entrepreneur. Yeah. So I've got a coaching and marketing development yeah. agency called Mind Switch. Switch yeah. And uh, then there is the cleaning part of, of life that came and was birthed out of COVID. So it's called These Were Cleaning and that's got a staff complement of 15 employees. So I'm quite proud of that baby. But yeah, serial entrepreneur, author, and I love what you said, bulldozer. You know, I've yeah. always been like shy to say that, but you said it, so I'm happy. No, you are, because you know? you, 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 I think where it sort of stems from is 
Um, you know, I follow a lot of people and I, sometimes I consider myself um, meticulous, but also very iffy, right? It's about yeah. um, the people I want to work with and the source, right? Yeah. And I think the one thing that has consistently happened with with the sort of um, the desire and the proclivity to want to associate with you and, mm. and work with you is your content kept popping up mm. and it's content that one could resonate with and being an entrepreneur myself has been doing it for 16 years or so mm. um, I could I could resonate with it and mm. I think at the back of my head I then thought you know it's simplified it's simple it's straight to the point and how many more other entrepreneurs would be impacted mm. you know through interacting with mm. the force that is you mm. but I mean just Track, let's track back just a little sure. bit. Here you are. Sure. Well, I think Umlaz, I'm so used to Wamash, but think what people Umlaz. Did you did it ever dawn on you that you'd be an entrepreneur? Not at all. Not a chance. Uh, you know, I think when when I was growing up. I remember there was this exercise that my father did with, with with all of the kids, and it was quite funny because my mom eventually said to him, um, "Why are you telling them what to do when they yeah. should they should do what they have to do?" So he sat us down and uh, he wrote down a chalk on on, on on sort of a board, and he said, uh, "Bali, I think you need to be a psychologist." And he wrote the psychologist, and then he said, "Lunga, uh, which is my elder sister, you need to go into food." And then uh, my brother was a sports maniac. Um, and he and he was like um, Lou sports management, but you know th- the parents never never pictured me in entrepreneurship. In fact, I, I document in my book the early stages of what what happened. So Imlazi, my grandmother used to sell ice lollies, mm. and uh, I, as the as the youngest, I would obviously come back from from preschool and she would babysit me, and I saw for the longest time that oh this is interesting. She is able to sell the ice lollies and make money out of it yeah. and that for me was a bit triggering but I think that was my first taste of, of what entrepreneurship was watching her sell ice lollies and making money and, and being able to save it and then put it in a bank and I thought to myself well that's interesting so that was my first taste Imlazi. but really at that stage it hadn't clicked that oh actually it could be you know, mm. yeah. So, and then as the years evolved, I just realized that A, I'm stubborn and uh, I don't like being told <laughs> what to do. And uh, I realized that then this is perhaps where corporate, you know, had that effect on me. Yeah. And I mean, I think one of the things that I noted, right, is that you started, sorry, you, so you started your business and then simultaneously decided on a different trajectory to go and, 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 and learn more and go back to school. Absolutely. How was the sort of transition? Because, I mean, yeah. you worked for multiple multiple yes. banks, right? Yes. Multinational banks. Yes. Um, how was the sort of trajectory, sort of jumping from, I'm now this corporate individual yeah. to now making this jump, I'm going to start mind switch? Yes. Look, it was difficult. Em- emotionally, it was because I had to prepare myself and tell myself that, you know what, uh, I, I'm, I'm moving back into uh, something that for me feels right and I think I had to keep reminding myself that it feels right because corporate also felt right it was structured it was you know uniform there was a salary and then there was entrepreneurship where there was still a lot of question marks but I did it regardless because I knew that my core essence wasn't happy you know there was a part of me that even if I got a job and it was good there was just be this emptiness it was just so so sad you know and I thought well maybe it's because 
you want to create something of your own. Mm. You want to create your own unique legacy. And then that for me started then triggering me to say, no, 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 go back into uh, entrepreneurship. And really, it, it, I, I cannot describe it. It just was me getting up and saying, no, no, no. I need to do this, you know, and I, I need to go back and see what is there for me. But it was more of a mind game than anything. Mm-hmm. So me going back to school, I realized that I'm going to go back and I'm going to study my master's. But also it's an opportunity to network, you see, to to meet these big guys and corporates, ironically, yeah. and, and see what I can do. And it didn't happen straight away. It took some time. But everything was strategic on my end. You know... I, th- I think, and, and I sort of quote um, something you put out in, on social media earlier yeah. on, right? Which is yeah. coffee in one hand, confidence in another, <laughs> yeah. right? And I like that, right? Yeah. Because one of the things that I sort of consistently pick up pick up on is there's so many amazing women, right? Mm. Um, very strong, very sharp. And I, think, and I think I sort of make this example on the basis of every time I'm sort of presenting to clients and corporates and the people that really just help in arching these ideas that mm. we have are women. Mm. But I seldomly find them taking or marking their place in boardrooms and in corporate spaces mm. and in business spaces, right? Mm. Um, where does the confidence come from? You know, mm. where does your confidence come from? Because you've got so much of it. Yeah, well, I'm, 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 I'm happy that you say I've got a lot of it because sometimes I feel like I don't. And uh, it's, it's so nice to, to receive such feedback. But truth be told, Adele once said something in, in a video when she was being interviewed by Oprah. And uh, she said, I don't know where I draw my wisdom from, but I draw it from somewhere, where, mm. wherever that may be. Mm. It's the same thing with me and my confidence. I have no idea where it comes from, but for somehow, some way, I draw it from somewhere. I think it's just a, a, a relentless pursuit of making it, mm. that what come what may, even if you know I make a fool of myself, I have to make it. And I think perhaps that's what has been drawing people to say, oh, can we partner up? Can we do something? Because it's also an energy thing. Yeah. If I'm confident and we work together, yeah. we're going to kill it in the boardroom, you know. Mm. But it has to, it's an energy shift, you know. It's a transfer of, of energy. Because, I mean, you know, if you hang on to somebody who's actually not that confident in themselves, somehow you also feel some type of way about yeah. yourself yeah, too. No, yeah. yeah, So... I really don't know where I get it from, but I think from a young age, uh, when I did performing arts, that confidence was instilled in me through debating, through public speaking. And I knew that, okay, I'm quite good at, at talking. You know, I know how to talk. And then I thought, okay, sure. Maybe if I did this in business, you know, yeah. it, it could click, you know. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it, yeah. it's been an accumulation of things, really. Uh, but I mean, that's, and I'm still working on it, by the way. I, I don't think I've reached, there are some people where I'm like, wait, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to talk to that person. And sometimes I can be deeply insecure, but it's there. Yeah. Which then, I think it's beautiful, right? Which then latches on to, you're this young lady, you, you know, yeah. um, now, I mean, you're conquering South Africa and Africa and the Sedek and I believe, definitely believe the world, right? Yeah. But now tell me, have you had moments where you sort of, I think you sort of touch on it, but do you ever get into spaces and sort of feel like an inferiority complex, right? An imposter syndrome keeps yeah. picking in where you have to pinch yourself and ask yourself, but... 
Yes, it does. And, and, and it comes often. Uh, sometimes it's like, hey, yeah. like you are here, you know. But then I remind myself, okay, this is saying something to me. The fact that I'm here or I'm being nominated for this award and what, what, it clearly means that they see something in me. And sometimes... I have to remind myself that, okay, it is real. It is real. So I don't let it get to me, but uh, yeah, it's, it, it happens. What were some of your hardest or darkest moments in business? Oh, man. Sure. There's I been there's so tons. many. Ah, there's tons. <laughs> Look, um, I think the, the, the toughest one is, is, is when you have to manage people, people management. I'll keep it general. Uh, people are difficult. Mm. And I've realized that recently that, you know, it's actually not a walk in the park to manage mm. people. Uh, people come with attitudes, behaviors, their own ideas, their own. Some, some don't even believe that you should be managing them. And for me, that's been the hardest one to say, but I, I was, the, you know, I, the vision started with me. So yeah. why, why don't you believe in me? And it's, it's tough having to go through that. But I think to be specific, I would say, oh, the day my car got repossessed, it was so sad. Mm. <laughs> it was so sad. I mean, you know, sitting in a meeting and, you know, the bank is like, hey, what's up? Where you at? We know where you are. We come to pick the car up. And you're like negotiating like I'm in a meeting. Don't come, you know, to, to get the car. So I had to drop it off mm. <laughs> at where, where, wherever, the, the depot. And then, you know, I have to drive back, get someone to drive me back home. But I mean, that moment was like, this is yeah. tough. Yeah. Sure. And I think, and, and I like that, right? Because yeah. I don't know, I've had so many of those moments, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I think the beautiful thing about that is that there's this glamorization of entrepreneurship, right? Mm. And I guess there's this, the realness oh. of the fact that um, you're consistently in debt and you might not be able to pay the people that your creditors yep. and the sorting and, and vice versa. What were some of your high moments? I mean, you know, you won the, you, I mean, you got awarded the KwaZulu Natal Young um, Achiever Award in Business. Yeah. Shout out to you. Yeah. Um, but also, I think for me, significantly, you know, your SAP Kickstarter nomination, your Standard Bank, uh, you know, Women of the Year Awards yeah. um, sort of nomination. And, and, and I like what you said, right, in acknowledging those, because a lot of mm. a lot of the time we don't acknowledge these milestones. Because, I mean, if one is sort of picked out from 50,000 individuals, for the fact that they don't walk away with the actual prize, we sort of then look down on ourselves. But that True. win and achievement True. in and itself is a catalyst. What, yeah. were, what were your personal high moments in business? Look, besides the, the, the awards and the, the nominations, I think still the biggest thing is, is, is being able to, to actually, and this might sound weird, but to keep the engine running. You know yeah. what I mean? For me, now that I look back at it, I'm like, I can have as many awards as I can because I know how to make myself look good. That's a yeah. fact. You yeah. know, yeah. I know how to spruce myself up. Mm. But what does Umbali do on a day-to-day -day basis? Mm. Is she really treating people well? And I said to a certain colleague of myself the other day, I said, my pride and joy is not the awards. It's being able to manage 15 people and give them bread each month. That mm. for me... It used to be a money thing that I'm not getting any money and ah oh, this, but now it's like actually I'm actually rescuing 15 people, and actually it's all good, you know. And I think for me, it's literally keeping the engine running every day. The minute the engine stops, I failed. Yeah. So. And then I think how important because I think the work that you do, right? 
Um, I mean, you've empowered and you've supported yeah. and offered business advisory services to yeah. over 400 entrepreneurs, yep. right? Yep. I'd like to think exponentially if we use the 10x effect, over 40,000. Sure. Because these then go to touch others and sure. they impact others, right? Sure. Um, what sort of support structure um, mm. did you get in your business, whether it's mentorship or coaching, yeah. that got you to this point where you feel like, now I'm going to take this knowledge that I have sure. and share it with other sure. people? Look, it was meeting with the right people, definitely mentorships along the way, but I've never really had someone stick with me the whole way in business. Mm. I've mm. met pivotal people who have helped me in moments of very, very bad times. And those are the people that I've stuck with. So I would say it's definitely been those people. Support structure, I have a pretty good support structure at home. Um, you know, my parents, at some point they said, just just do what you have to do because it ain't working the other side. So just let's see what you can do here, <laughs> you know. And I think they were just like, you know, but you see, even me mentioning that, oh, I'm going to do a podcast, there's a well done that comes from home. Mm. And that well done, especially from, you know, black families. And we know there's a narrative about black families, black sheep, entrepreneurship is like, so there's there's always that well done that comes from home. There's that keep going. And for me, that's been the support structure. So I would literally, and of course prayer, you know, praying and reminding myself that I think I'm actually doing pretty good this side. So I think I'll, I'll stay, you yeah. know? Yeah. But it's also through prayer and, and meditating. Yeah. Yeah. I think of the words of strains that are quoted in a business setting, in the words of Kanye, he says, when I look at my life, it looks like God is talking back. You understand. <laughs> you understand, you know. So, but now, Mbali, just tell me, um, and I think I love the content that you put up because it's marketing related, sure. you know, it's about empowering entrepreneurs, taking up digital skills, yeah. um, being able to position their business in the right way, yeah. right? Yeah. What are some of the... Because there's a misconception with a lot of us as business owners to say, well, oh, marketing is a wasted exercise. Mm. I'm throwing money down the drain. It's mm. not going to come back. Why mm. even do it? It's a thing into things that will then support me. Mm. Um, what is your take on that? Look, <clears throat> the minute you're not online, we don't know you. You know, we don't know you. We don't know what you're about. Not unless someone is talking about you, then you're lucky. Yeah. But I mean, marketing really is online. You just have to take it online because mm. unfortunately we're living in a world where it's all digital. I come to a nice smartphone. You know, everyone has a smartphone. So if you're not online and present and consistent and persistent mm. about what it is that you want to push into the world, then you must, you know, be probably living in a bubble because unfortunately won't get all online. So definitely entrepreneurs, we need to market. And um, I'm not saying we need to be experts, but yeah. I, I'm saying that we need to have a presence yeah. and don't undermine the presence and how you advertise yourself because at least you're trying, mm. you see. So it doesn't have to be fancy like how the way I do it, but I mean, it needs to be simple. It needs to be visually appealing. We want to be, we want to look at it and say, mm, yeah, you know, this looks good, you know, and draw us. And that could be anything. You know, you could do comedy, you could do a skit, you could do a joke, but don't undermine what you have to present to the world. Yeah. Because that in itself is marketing. But now, this is the part where we want to do it like you, because as a gravitist, sure. right, you sort of talk about it and you call it energy. <clears throat> but I think for me, it is energy, yes, but there's certain... I'm trying to, and I think one of the biggest things that we're trying to unpack in the podcast is the process. Right? Sure. Um, so there's a gravitas about you, the and and in how you position yourself sure. and your personal brand, right? Mm -hmm. And how how can a simple 
Bulelani or anyone else is just listening to this podcast as okay you know i can now start to position and build on my personal brand sure look nami uh truth be told i i was very careless with how i positioned myself and until one day a friend of mine laughed at me and said you know we can't take it seriously if you're going to call yourself a, a brand strategist and you're rocking up with image nj so one day i said okay if i just take the effort if I take the effort, and yes, the effort, effort is is not as hectic as we think it is. Mm-hmm. What I did was I sat down and I said, if people were to see a picture of me, and they were to be given five seconds to make a decision as to whether they want to do business with me, what would they choose? Mm-hmm. Yes or no? Mm-hmm. And then I thought to myself, okay. In fact, someone told me, said, Mbali, when you walk into a room, you must look like a marketing lady. Uh When you walk into a room, you must look like a lawyer. You know, you must look like an engineer. Look like what you're selling, right? So I then started. I started doing a lot of photo shoots. I started uh, changing my hair. And I speak about this in the book. I said I actually started changing my hairstyles. I started going for facials. Because I realized that if I'm in charge of making someone's brand look good, how dare I look ugly? You know? Mm. And that's a fact. If I'm in charge of marketing your brand and empowering you, you need to see a vision through me and how I present myself. And then that's when I started. I said photographers, videographers I started networking with. I started networking with makeup artists. I started networking with stylists. I started gathering a form of like glam team, if you can call it. I then started saying I want to have professional photos for my websites, for my interactions, when I'm doing shoots or when I'm featured as a keynote speaker. That was the first thing. The second thing is then I said, how do I sell myself visually without coming across as crazy? Then I thought, okay, there's tools like Canva that you can use. Mm. Canva, graphic design tools that are free that you can use, as well as other graphic design tools that are available. I started chopping and changing and styling myself using those tools, seeing how can I look good without having to go the extra mile of hiring a graphic designer. Of course, there were some points where I had to reach out to a graphic designer. But everything was so strategic about me that even when I post the content that you see, Mm It takes me a good one day to come up with something. Yeah. And sometimes I have to sleep on a design. I know it's, it's, I'm fussy. But you see, the fact that you have come back to me and said, uh, I'm drawn to your content, means that that one, one day gap where I thought about it, where I looked at it, and then I put it out there, it shows Uguti there was thinking behind it. Mm. Because if there was sloppiness, you probably wouldn't, I would, probably wouldn't even be here. Yeah. So... Those are the, some of the things that I did. And then I said, because I'm somebody that teaches business, how can I make it easier and simplified? And then the content that I started putting up became easier for the everyday person. Mm. But there was, a, from head to toe, so you look at yourself from head to toe and 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 assess yourself and see if somebody wanted to do business with me, if they had five seconds to say yes or no, would they actually say yes, you know? Am I positioning myself well? Yeah. So entrepreneurs, we really need to to think about ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, wow, I mean, I, I mean, it, uh, that, that five second, I mean, I'll use it, right? Yeah. I'll say it because I think it's so, it's, it's simple, it's basic, it's practical, straight to the point, right? Yeah. It's something that's clearly and easily attainable. Mm. Now, having worked with all the entrepreneurs that you've worked, sure. from a branding, marketing and positioning perspective, what are some of the common mistakes? 
Oh man. The, the, <laughs> hey, the first one definitely is the personal branding. So mm. y- you you don't look like what you're selling. Mm. And therefore, I'm not confident in, in you and what you can do. Yeah. Uh, you've got the skills, yes, but you've just not well presented. I think that's the phrase that I'm looking for. Why is that a big thing? Because there was a case where I had to step in and assist a young engineer who's brilliant, had thought up of something for a leading financial institution. And the manager said, you know, can you not do the presentation? Eshomina. And I said, why? It's his work. And he said, the problem is he's just not well presented. Mm. You see, so already there was that gap. We undermine that. But people want to be able to look at something visually attractive. We are human. So anything that we come across, we want to be able to look at it and say, hmm, actually, that made me look twice. And that's why sometimes you'll find that some people are very attractive, but they are just selling nonsense. (laughs) And it's not because, you know, they are dumb, but because they've taken their brand as a lifestyle. And they've said, I'm going to position myself first. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm. You look at Abu Kim Kardashian, you know, and she's definitely not dumb. But she, you look twice. I'm sure if mm. you see her in a room, you look twice mm. and immediately I want to know what is she about. Mm. And then the second part of me saying, what are you about is easy mm. because after that, you've really seen the visual side of me. So that's the first mistake. We don't take ourselves seriously. The second one is we don't plan our businesses into success. Mm. We start off with saying, no, I'm just going to start a business because it looks good. But have you planned? Yeah. What is your value? Yeah. Who are you catering for? You know, the third thing is, there's just no financial vision and it's a big thing. There's a vision and then there's a financial vision. So by the end of the year, you should know how much money you want to make. And most entrepreneurs don't know anything. They just want to, you know, get the ball rolling. So I say, if you don't know the number, then how are you measuring yourself? You know what I mean? So that's the third thing. The financial vision is lacking. The fourth one is we tend to focus more on business plans, which is great. But anybody can do a business plan. In fact, there's a danger in allowing someone else to do your business plan. I feel. Because, you know, I can write a business plan for you and you probably get the funding. But do you really know your business? Mm. Do you have the technical skills? Uh, what are your weaknesses? You know, Do you have someone to cover up your weaknesses? So there's this whole basket of things that we tend to undermine as entrepreneurs because it's so easy to register a business. I can register five businesses in one day. That's the easy part. But the thinking, the tactic, the strategy behind it, we tend to struggle with. And I think those are the mistakes that I've picked up. If I'm a... If I'm if I'm a, if I'm a if I'm an entrepreneur and at, at the simplest I want to develop, <clears throat> I don't know my my sort of go to market strategy or just, um, yeah. you know, just basically I now want to start marketing my business. What are some of the things I need to look at? Okay, so the first one is let's just say you're marketing on social media, ne? Uh, picture quality. So these are some of the things that we're attracted to. The the quality of your pictures, the pictures that you use, number one. The second one is um, your your online presence. What are you saying to the public? Do you have key takeaways each time you post? Or are you just showing off? Because anybody can show off. Yeah. But if you're not directing us to your store, you're not directing us to your online link, mm. we're never going to know. So your marketing needs to be so strategic in a sense that there's a key takeaway each time yeah. uh, you engage with us. Uh, number three is definitely, I would say, uh, 
start using these tools, your Facebook ads, you know, the Instagram ads, because they literally help you with everything. They help you set it up. Mm. So the content that you write, uh, the pictures that you use, how many times it's going to be flighted on, 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 on social media. And those tactics help you to get the reach. The, the fourth one is, you know, quality over quantity, and I'll keep emphasizing. So people tend to think I don't have that many followers, but it's because there's no engagement, and I'm guilty of this, mm. you know. But the engagement needs to happen. So you need to be persistent with engaging with your team, uh, and uh, of course with your with your with your followers rather. So those are some of the the things that I think are missing, uh, and and, and uh, that entrepreneurs can start doing differently. Then what drives you? Right. What gets you up? I mean, entrepreneurship is hard. We're sort of independent sure. in the beginning. Mm. But what gets you deciding, I'm going to wake up today, I'm going to give in another shot? Failure is just not an option. With me. <laughs> with me, with me, it is not an option. And I think, you know, it's important that you have a mantra that uh, I remember when I was still growing up, my, man my mantra was, Everything that you do is an autograph of yourself. Uh -huh. So sign your work with excellence. <laughs> that for me stuck with me through the longest time. I knew that everywhere that I set foot, there needs to be excellence written. Yeah. And how do people know that yeah. it's excellence? They know that it's Umbali Bengu. There's just been this endless spirit in me that has always positioned me to say, stay focused and keep it going. Because mm. surely, surely if you're still doing it by now, there's something you're doing right, yeah. surely. And for me, that really is what keeps me going. But also being known for excellence, that's a good thing. Yeah. You know, and also knowing that it's self-built, you know. Of course, there were many structures and people that helped along the way, but yes. I've got the engine. And that, for me, is what keeps me going. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And then, I mean, just, <clears throat> sorry. And then, I mean, just give me an idea in terms of, um, so you've spoken about your, your lowest moments, but how do you then deal with rejection, right? Because mm. I've sort of felt like that, that, that is what drives a lot of entrepreneurs yeah. or aspirant entrepreneurs away from just yeah. even embarking on it. Right? Mm, mm. How do you deal with that? Because, you know, constant, consistently we're sending out proposals, mm. then, you know, no, not this time, next mm. year, whenever, mm. you're not good for this. Mm. How do you navigate that? Yeah. Look, treat rejection as an opportunity to do better. And I think as an entrepreneur, if you are not interested in being better, then perhaps you shouldn't be an entrepreneur. Ooh. But for me, yeah, it's a tough one. It's, it's a crazy one. But you see, like rejection is part of the game. In fact, there will be 90% rejection that will happen. The art of it is to treat it as a means of getting better. Yeah. And how do I deal with it? Mm. I don't even know if I deal with it, actually. I don't have a model answer for you. But all I know is that I have faced several forms of rejection. Some people haven't even responded to date to some of the ideas that I've had. You know, there are clients that I'm even too scared to approach again because they are just like, no, you know. But one thing I do know is that it's all about harvesting the seeds. Yeah. That's what it is. So rejection is just me plowing in the field. It's just me plowing one day. In fact, one of my friends said to me, what are we doing now in Bali when we're doing a project? He said, we are planting bombs. Yeah. And eventually one bomb is going to explode. Yeah. And that will be the opportunity. So when you're being rejected, Treat it as a bomb that you just planted. Eventually, the client that says yes, the bomb has exploded. And I think that's quite a fun way to look at it. So, 
It is what it is, man. How did it feel being on the cover of Successful Woman? Oh, that was nice. <laughs> oh, that was so good. You know, I've never been on a cover before. Uh, but um, that was strategic, by the yeah. way. Yeah, and, and that's why I always go back and I always say everything I do, there's always a thinking behind it. Yeah. Uh, I had a PR agency at that point in my life. They were managing me and my brand. They mm. were managing my book. And they were the ones that were constantly pushing my name. So the Successful Magazine, it was there and it was part of the game. Yeah, no, yeah. no, shout outs to you on that. Thanks. And then, Bali, just tell me a bit, what inspired you to write the book? Oh, yeah. And what are some of the nuggets at the book? Because yeah. I think the book is such an important... Yeah. It's not even a book you read. It's not philosophical. It's a handbook. It's, it's a, a handbook. It's like a yeah. Bible. It's a toolkit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, thank you. Um, look, it, it all started on my journey back to entrepreneurship when I just uh, decided to go out of corporate. And I was thinking to myself, okay, what can I do to, to get myself back in to the game? And I remember reading a book by Seth Godin, um, Marketing. It's a marketing book where he speaks about creating communities yeah. in marketing. And he says, you know, the art of marketing is having your niche community, your audience. And I thought that was powerful. And then I thought to myself, okay, sure, Sharp, okay, I'm reading all these books, but no one's really talking about the, the nasty issues that happen mm. in entrepreneurship. Because I'm done with hearing about the good stuff, you yeah. know. Oh, you know, yeah. you're not going to sleep. And, you know, I, I, that information is outdated. I want to know what happens if an entrepreneur needs to go through, and sorry, as crude as it is, needs to go through a sexual favor before they get the deal. Because yeah. guess what? It's happening. I want to talk about BE fronting. You know, how do we address the notion of BE fronting? Because mm. it's, it's happening. I want to know about the black sheep who can't pay black tax because that's what we are labeled as as entrepreneurs and black families, mm. you know. And I want to talk about personal branding and how messed up it is when people send proposals that have grammar mistakes. And those were the lessons that I was more interested in that are documented in the book. So the book has 28 business lessons. And these business lessons talk about my mental health journey. They talk about, you know, being a woman in business, a black woman in business, coming from a black family. They talk about not being able to pay black tax and ultimately being labeled as a black sheep. You know, you know, which was painful because that also then triggered me to keep going, you know, BE fronting as well. There were people that approached me and I could see that this is not legit. They just want to use me as a front, you know, that in itself was painful. So literally it's a book of painful business lessons that are controversial, taboo, we don't talk about. Why did I write this book? Because there was no book <laughs> yeah. that had that, you know? Yeah. And I thought to myself, but imagine if we could get, get a book like that for entrepreneurs. And it's not just, you know, you're not going to sleep, you know, every day and what, what. It's actually a book where it makes you question yourself as well. And, and you get to test your character and say, am I really cut out for this? If this is what I'm going to face, you know? But the beauty of it is that each lesson, there's a lot of hint and tip at yeah. the end as to how I coped with it, uh, what you can do. And I tell people that, you know, if you're going to meet up with a ringleader of a person, somebody who just wants all of the cake and doesn't want to give you anything, that's not worth pursuing, you know, even if it's a client or a business partner. You know, I tell people how to fire clients because I feel like there are some clients that are just going to waste your time, you know. Mm -hmm. It's either they don't pay you on time, they don't look after you, and 
so so that book really it's it's i would say it's 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 a bible and then at the end of the book there's practical resources for the book so uh, there's you know templates that i've used there's something called the blue ocean strategy that i feel entrepreneurs yeah. can can read um there's how to hire and fire your employees which is something that entrepreneurs tend to not know so we get ourselves into trouble there's contracts in place uh, there's financial budgeting it's all there in the book and i think yeah it's i'm thinking of a version 2 cuz after that book there's been so much that have i'm like yeah, people need is. to know about this you know <laughs> and i think and i think you being able to touch on that is super important right yeah. because there's always going to be the goo and the fluffy stuff is always going to be there yeah but it's the real things yeah. right the meat of it that grows yeah. and develops us as entrepreneurs yeah. and aspirant entrepreneurs um likewise right sure. but i mean just and it's a question i was sort of leading to right but i mean as a woman in business because i mean i had um one lady in studio by the name of Siba and i think yes. you know she shared just a bit about some of the challenges right to say you know one of her crushing and lowest moments was on a big deal that she had worked on mm. and was now being told we love the deal we'll work with every other shareholders a shareholder and all of them were male but you because we don't trust you and mm. she asked but why she said no purely because you're a woman mm. you know mm. how do you navigate this because you then hear stories mm. i mean a different lady engaging with and she says you know she's going to these guys she's got a cadb grade 7 yeah. which says that she's got skin in the game sure. but when she shows up to these presentations and proposals instead it's let's go upstairs sure. instead it's here's 5000 yeah. yeah. pay for dinner yeah. buy yourself some water but i'm yeah. not here for that, for that. how have yeah. you navigated through oh, this man. and if, is there even a formula to navigating Look, there is no formula unfortunately, but I think the biggest formula is to respect yourself. Yeah. yeah. And I think that if you don't respect yourself, then unfortunately, you know, once again, question if you should be an entrepreneur. Yeah. Because unfortunately, there are some very unfortunate circumstances where you're right. Uh it will start off there's there's a chapter in my book called there's a meeting in my bedroom. Yeah. Because oh, wow. there's a point where I experienced that with an executive who said mm. come through but come to room and then I was like so I turned around and I it got me thinking and I said imagine how many women have to go through this, you know. Mm. So so the unfortunate thing is that there is no model. It really starts with self respect do you respect yourself and the only way that you can understand if you do is if you picture yourself getting caught <laughs> in such a situation what is the impact of you being caught you know and of course you know we're human mistakes will happen maybe you will be desperate one day and you will go for something etc etc but at the end of the day you know you really need to think about the work that you've done and 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 see what can you do differently and and take the loss you know take the l if if really it it, it turns out to be a fishy deal let it go move on you know but uh, and and don't be afraid of saying it wasn't for me you know so i think it really you see the thing was entrepreneurship you need to constantly check yourself before you wreck yourself Ooh. you know you, you really do you need to check yourself <laughs> and you need to sort of speak to yourself and audit yourself and say is the, it does, does it feel right you know it's your gut and remember your gut is your it's like your god within you so if you if you cannot listen to the voice within you you know I, we can't help you you know so 
Unfortunately, it's the world in which we live in. These situations do happen. Uh, being a, a, a woman is, is, is difficult. And um, be, being in power as a woman is extremely difficult. There is undermining that does happen. Uh, there are people tend to think of how can I benefit from Umbali physically before I give her the material stuff. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, that, that seems to be the narrative. You know? And unfortunately, the more you experience it, the more you are you woke. You know, mm. so you know that, and, and I speak about, I say, if you go into a meeting, 80% of that meeting needs to be about your business. Yeah. If it's going to be a business meeting, yeah. a, at least 80 to 90%. The 10% is valid because you're attractive yeah. and you're a woman. So yeah. you're, you're, but it cannot be 80% bedroom talk and then 10, 20% is, yeah, okay, yeah, no, we'll meet you at the office. Just call my PA. We'll set up a meeting. So uh, where to from here? You know, mm. it can't be like that. Mm. You need to stick to the course, mm. you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's sure, and I like one. that, right? Just really, just drawing a very hard line, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but now, firing clients. Yeah. Have you had to fire clients? <laughs> <laughs> and <Ish>. <laughs> <laughs> how how was it like firing a client? And but yeah. not not even how was it like? Yeah. Have you fired clients? And over and above that. What led to you firing clients? Sure. Look, I, I, I have fired a client before, but it wasn't a blatant, I'm firing you. Uh, I tried to pass on the lead to someone else, you know, <laughs> that I felt could handle the situation better. But that is a way of getting rid of a client. Why did I do that? A, payment was not being done on time. Mm. B, unrealistic demands. Mm. So at the last hour, you know, there's an expectation to deliver. Mm. And if I don't deliver, it's a problem. And I'm thinking, but it's, it's, it was only... I've, it was only communicated at the last hour. Yeah. You know, it becomes unfair to my staff and to me as well. Uh, see, also just finding out that, you know, generally this specific client has got a bad reputation as to how they work. Mm. Do you really want that client in your portfolio? I think what helped me more than anything, it, this whole thing of, of clients was in banking when uh, I used to, to, to work for a specific bank and they put me through a course called relationship banking. And in that relationship banking, there was an exercise that we had to do about client management and client portfolio. So as a private bank at that point, I had to make sure that a lot of the clients that I had in my basket were clients that were actually making money for the bank, as crude mm. as it was. Mm. There were some people in that basket that were just dormant clients, never banked with us. They've got investments there, which is good, but those investments are not that fruitful. Mm. So I had to think of a way to upscale and get those clients to at least an A-grade client, mm. a, a client that the bank can look at and say, now that's the client that we want to stick with. So initially, this whole thing of client management and firing clients, I figured it out in the banking world, you know, and, and, and then I took that skill with me into business. But I mean, for people that have not been in the banking world, really look at the clients that are making you money. Look at the clients that are loyal to you. Look at the clients that respect your terms and conditions and your memorandum of understanding, because there should be a contract between the two of you. Mm -hmm. So are they respecting it? And look, uh, are they spreading a good word about you, you know? Because they will also do PR for you if, if, if you come through. So are they referring you? But you should have your own standards as to what makes up yeah. you know, a, a good client. If you had the opportunity to engage your younger self, what would you advise her to do wow. more of and less of? Man, that's such a deep question. Look, I, I would advise her to 
And I know you you see me as strong, but I would encourage her to be stronger. Yeah. Because there are there are aspects and I, and I spoke to you when I just arrived here I said you know I think my, my, my time in a certain province is up yeah, you yeah. know and it's it's realizing the milestones recognize the milestone and then be prepared to move on yeah. and I think that's the advice I would give her don't stay too long in a place uh, be free as well take the risk network you know the network is where the money is at yeah. and I think for the longest time I didn't do a lot of that I just sort of, sort of kept it it's a, it's a me thing it's a body thing you know because I was so scared of you know letting myself go and, and being in sticky situations but it's hard at doing it yourself when you could get someone to knock the door gently for you open the door and then you step in with your skill it's just much more easier and that's that and I'd say just take the risk you know just just jump ship don't think too hard about things. Um, so those are some of the lessons that I, w- I would definitely tell her. But then I'd also tell her, I'd say, girl, you're on the right track. You know, you're doing good. <laughs> you are. Right. So, you know, yeah, keep, keep going. Keep, keep doing. Keep doing it. But, you know, there's more to come. Yeah. 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 And then, I mean, I think without doing injustice, right? Yeah. Um, I just want to unpack, right? Um, the developmental, sorry, I think from a, the sorry, sort of the developmental wing, right? I think in your bio you do a lot of ESD development sure, work. You sure. are cre- you are accredited. Wow, I, I need to talk to you. We need to do some work. Yes. And and so mind switch. Yeah. What does mind switch yeah. do, or what do you guys do in its entirety? Sure. So mind switch is more training uh, for entrepreneurs training for university students, training for corporate individuals. And what is that training about? That training is structured towards change management, organizational behavior, enterprise development, starting your own business trainings. I do a lot of work with universities because universities are on this whole narrative of pushing entrepreneurship. Mm. So that's the gap that I've seen currently. So I would say we are an agency that is probably 90% focused on training and development of people in corporate as well as entrepreneurs. I partner with universities, business incubators, uh, public sectors where I literally design manuals for education purposes uh, and I deliver the content, I facilitate. And as of late, we were fortunate to be accredited as assessors with uh, Services CETA. So so I think it was about nine modules, if I'm not mistaken. So that that is exciting because that company is literally a training hub. Mm. That's it. But I've just structured in such a way that my main focus is entrepreneurs. And, and and anybody that wants to sort of, you know, build an entrepreneurship hub or wants to motivate entrepreneurs, they should consult MindSwitch because we come with the book, we come with the resources, we come with the, the moderators, the assessors. We know how to do, you know, what we have to do. So the rest of it, the 10% is more of your brand management, your brand campaigns, your marketing strategy. But the core, the hub is the training and development. Now, as a goodwill ambassador for you, the United Nations women, what does... <laughs> Listen! <laughs> exactly. That is going to That's come. That's right, there's a full stop. No question Listen. marks, no questions. Listen. It's not coming. I've made... I've you've announced made, it. You've announced it's done. it, yes. So there's no rescinding. Thank you. It's done. Thank you, it's done. So as a goodwill ambassador, what does the future hold? Or rather, what, do, what, what else do you have in store coming up that people can sort of just 
follow on and just look oh, out for man. It. Look, there, there, there is a lot that's coming up. Uh, I don't think I can mention it though. Yeah. But uh, expect more focus on entrepreneurship and content and channels that are designed specifically for entrepreneurs. Um, expect more work. Uh, more specifically on brand, brand leadership, and, and how, you know, universities as well as individuals can start capitalizing on their brands. I think I'm moving away from just being a training hub to more of a strategic brand consulting, brand management uh, agency. Uh, definitely looking at how I can position myself as a brand and digital agency, yeah. rather. So there's a lot that's coming up. But I mean, you know, I think the biggest one is content specifically for entrepreneurs yeah. in the form of a almost like a channel yeah sure man thank you so much yeah. <laughs> thank you ladies and gentlemen that's mbali pengu if you if you watch this podcast and you were listening to this podcast on on our streaming platforms follow her work i mean if you want to align your brand if you want to really just position and align yourself and position your business in the right manner this is the right person to also i mean in our comment section on youtube and the sorts share your thoughts on the podcast share whatever questions you have her details are on the bottom of the screen but most importantly i mean if you're reading sorry if you're listening to this um and uh, you've listened to this on spotify and on apple podcast it's on the blurb where you can follow her find out where her company is and just really just go out there and do work thank you so much on our anniversary episode we are honored to have had the amazing the wonderful goodwill ambassador mbali Bingo. the bulldozer the bulldozer thank you thank you so thank much thank you so much thank you <laughs> thanks guys that's it for today if you like that podcast show us some love and share it with your network once again follow us on all of our social media platforms hashtag join us for tea and please subscribe to our youtube channel shout out to joe public for making this possible remember sisonke rikaufela and foster njengomzegezege